We know tax rates are going up in a couple of years when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunset. But even though tax rates do rise, it doesn't necessarily mean that your tax bracket will be higher in retirement. When it comes to financial planning, you need to cut through the jargon so that you can understand how to achieve your own retirement success. This is Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz of Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions. Hello and welcome in to Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz. And we have a good show for you today, Ryan. We're going to kind of bounce around a little bit. I got some getting to know you questions I want to throw your way. But I want to dive into an article as well that we came across from Yahoo about why a Roth might actually be a bad idea. It kind of goes against everything we we hear and talk about a lot. But I want to dive into that with you. It's probably a little bit of clickbait, but we'll we'll go through that. And then get a few questions answered that have come in to your office here recently. So it should be a good show overall. How you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you, Ben? I'm doing well. I know uh, we're, we have to be really kind of smart about what we read and what we pay attention to on the Internet because there's there's a lot of clickbait out there. And I think this article we're going to get into in a little bit is probably – Kind of falls under that category, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would definitely say it's some clickbait. I mean, there's some truth to it, and uh, we'll dive into it. Okay. Very good. Well, if you have questions for us, again, you can go to KravitzFinancial.com. A lot of resources there for you as well. You can get podcasts, video, plus some other uh, tools that Ryan has for you. But if you want to call, you can do that at 714-462-9155. All right, I said uh, we'll, we'll start off something that's not financial-related to get into the show. Have a little fun. To kick off this episode of the podcast, I got a couple questions for you. We'll call them "Getting to Know You" questions. Away from work here, Ryan. What? Uh, first off, what was your favorite TV show as a kid? Wow, favorite TV show as a kid. Well, I'm going to assume that cartoons count. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay, good. Because uh, that's about all I watched when I was a little kid, and I would go with Scooby Doo because, of course, that was a very intellectual uh, cartoon. Uh, they had some very, you know, difficult mysteries to figure out, <laughs> or at least it <laughs> seemed like that when you're a kid, right? So I, w- I would say that, and then as I got a little bit older, probably one of the shows that I liked a lot, and it probably wasn't the show as much, but it was just the. Um, you know, what we did as a family. So Dukes of Hazard was on, I believe, at 8 o'clock every Friday night. And every Friday evening, uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, we all used to go down to this pizza place. And a lot of the, the uh, neighborhood w- went there as well. There weren't a lot of places really to go, but we would go there. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have to get home in time just to watch Dukes of Hazard. And I'll never <laughs> forget, my sister and I would spend the night in what we called the magic bed, uh, yeah. which is just a pull-out bed. Um, but uh, my parents had a pretty big size master and that was always a, a fun event, so I would say, I, I would have to go with that one after Scooby Doo. That's pretty funny. Times times were much simpler then, weren't they? <laughs> they I, were. I think back yeah. to that, and like there was, you know, Thursday night was like the big TV night growing up, right? There was when all the big shows came out, and Friday obviously were a lot with the kid, and Saturday morning. But I don't know that uh, that they that, that kind of programming exists anymore. I think it's out there, but I don't know that anybody follows that schedule when watching TV. It's just hey, want to watch a show? We just pull it up and, and and turn it on, and not not worry about when it actually does air for sure. So. Yes, yeah. it's a good choice. Okay, I, I I would probably mine was probably Saved by the Bell. Uh, I, I'm surprised maybe that didn't hit close to home for you with it being kind of a California show a little bit. But always loved that show growing up. That was definitely one of my sister's favorites. I know that <laughs> <laughs> she was always watching that. Yeah, I'll still watch it today if it pops up from time to time. All right, uh, one more question for you then before we jump into our article today. What Olympic sport 
do you think if you had to compete, if you got a chance to compete, do you think you'd have the best chance of winning a medal? <laughs> I wouldn't have a, a chance of winning any of them, but uh, <laughs> I mean, if I had any chance whatsoever, I mean, I guess I would have to go with any of the sports that I've played in the past, which would be baseball, although I haven't played for years, um, water polo, swimming, and, and now probably beach volleyball, at least now I play recently, but but. I'm not quite young enough or tall enough or fast enough or, or good enough. So, But nevertheless, those would be uh, the ones I think I'd have the best shot at. Those are good ones. The beach volleyball is always a fun sport to watch in the Olympics, although it hasn't been around very long. It's, it's always a lot of energy, super competitive, and, and just a fun sport to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to the next Olympics to watch it. Yeah, not much not much longer until that comes around again. All right, Ryan, well, let's jump into this article. I, I mentioned it a little bit, teased it to start the show. We're going to put it in the show notes. It's from Yahoo Finance. The headline will grab you. It says, I lost 400000 of my retirement savings in a Roth 401k. If you're not careful, you could too. So, Ryan, obviously – Clickbait is what you think right away. But there are, as you mentioned, there may be some things that uh, have some legitimacy to them in the article. So I thought the first interesting thing was, and as we talk about Roths before on the show, and I know you probably spent a lot of time speaking uh, to your clients about Roths, but this an article, in this article, it said there was a survey that found that 92% of Americans think they should be investing in a Roth IRA. I actually thought that was a little bit high. Did you think there's that many people that that know about and invest in Roths? I did not think it was that high either. I know. I, I definitely agree with you. That's a high number. And I was surprised by that. Um, in this article too, you know, we talk about clickbait and, and there is so much of that that is on the internet. And when I first read that headline, you know, I lost 400000 my retirement savings in a Roth 401k. And the first thing that I'm thinking is, is that well, a Roth 401k is an, an investment in and of itself, right? It's just the account. It caused me to want to dive into uh, read that article. But it's really about the taxes and whether you should actually contribute to a Roth or if you should contribute to a pre-tax account. So the difference between, let's say, a Roth 401k and a, and a pre-tax 401k, just as an example. The thing here is that, and I, I talk about this all the time, that there is no right answer for everyone. So when we look at this type of article, there is a grain of truth uh, to this. And for some people, I would say that it, it definitely makes sense for you not to contribute to a Roth IRA. And then for other people, it makes a ton of sense to contribute to a Roth IRA. The thing is, Ben, it's, it's really something that needs to be decided on a case-by-case basis. I'll give you a, a, a real good example. Okay. Let's say somebody's in their mid-50s and they haven't done a great job of saving in, in, you know, for retirement really in general. And now maybe they're making a good income. And at this point, it may make a ton of sense for them to contribute to a pre-tax 401k and get that tax deduction now being in that high tax bracket. And you know, allow that money to grow tax deferred. And then in retirement... It's likely, if they don't do a real good job of saving over the years, that they'll be in a lower tax bracket. And it can make a lot of sense just to go ahead and contribute to that pre-tax 401k now. 
But in the reverse situation, let's say that you've been a very diligent saver all, you know, all throughout your working years. You're maxing out your 401k perhaps, and you've accumulated a, a real nice hefty sum inside of your 401k. It might make a lot of sense to now start considering contributing to a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. What you really need to identify is, and I always say that it, it starts with the income plan. You've got to look, okay, here's when I'm going to retire. This is how much I'm looking to live on. And then based on that, we got to run the projections to see what does the tax situation look like. Now, there are some things that are unknown. We aren't going to know for sure what tax rates are going to be. We know tax rates are going up in a couple of years when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunset. But even though tax rates do rise, it doesn't necessarily mean that your tax bracket will be higher in retirement. So the bottom line is it's, it, it's on a case-by-case basis. Because again, if you've done a really good job of saving over the years in pre-tax retirement accounts, you've got the RMDs, the required minimum distributions you're going to have to worry about, right? That's the minimum amount that you're going to have to start taking out once you reach a certain age. For many people, it's going to be 73 or it could be 75, depending on the year you were born. And then you have to also think about how does the taxation on your Social Security work? because other income can cause Social Security to become taxable. Or if you withdrew it from a Roth IRA, it would not cause that Social Security to become taxable, as an example. Also for Medicare, there's IRMA surcharges. So based upon your taxable income, you may have to pay more for Medicare, like for Part B, as an example. right? So there's, there's a lot of different things that need to be considered. So the key message I, I, I think is important to... Uh, to think about here is that if you're reading these different articles on the on the internet, you have to take it with a grain of salt because everyone's situation is different, and you have to make decisions that make sense within the context of of your specific financial plan, your retirement plan. Look at the income plan and look at the projections, and then you can better identify what's what is likely the best move uh, to make. Yeah, there's a lot to think about here. It is interesting perspective on things, right? I mean, you know, you kind of you weigh the arguments for for the Roth and and why somebody might not. But it's just interesting to, to think about taxes ahead of time. But I, it, to me, it still seems like it's a little bit exaggerated, right? Like it almost feels like somebody just got completely wrecked by investing in a for in a Roth when that really really wasn't the case, right? I mean, they maybe could have had more income, but it all still have to invest properly, right? It, it, there's a lot of factors that go into that overall, but ultimately the taxes is the big thing you're really thinking through here, right? Yeah, and that's really what they were getting at here um, in this article. And in, in the same way that we make decisions on whether we're going to contribute to a pre-tax or an, or a a Roth 401k. We also make, you know, similar types of decisions when we're deciding whether to do a Roth conversion because we're looking at, you know, where are we within the tax brackets? And a lot of times when we've talked about Roth conversions quite a bit, for many it can make sense to do a Roth conversion maybe after retirement, maybe you retired 65 but before you have to take out your RMD, which might be at 73 and 75, and, and being strategic about how much you're converting within those tax brackets. Again, it's case by case. Everyone's financial situation is different. Some people have 
you know, $10,000 saved for retirement, and some people have $5 million saved for retirement. It's all across the board. Some are married. Some have different desires as far as their spending needs in retirement. So there's just a lot of different things that you need to consider. So when you read these types of things, again, take it with a grain of salt. All right. Very good. Well, that's an interesting article. Again, we're going to throw it in the show notes, uh, and you can go ahead and read through that for yourself and, and follow up with Ryan with any questions. You can go to KravitzFinancial.com or just call 714-462-9155. All right, Ryan, let's go into a couple of questions that have come into your office recently that I thought would be good to bring on the show and answer here. Um, let's start with this one. So my mom is 85, and because of her dementia, I have power of attorney for her. She has substantial investments, but I have no idea what to do with them. How are you supposed to invest for an 85-year-old? Yeah, so that's a good question. And it's going to depend, right? So, you know, she's 85 right now. She has substantial investments. But what are, you know, what does that mean exactly? How much is that? And then what are the income needs? So here's the thing. If this is money that's likely going to need to be spent, within the next, you know, few years, five years, something like that, you know, we need to invest one way, you know, much more conservative, perhaps, maybe have cash just in the bank as well, just readily available to handle these types of expenses. On the flip side, if this is, you know, real substantial money, like so much so that it's, she's got money even beyond what she could even spend during her lifetime, then it could make sense to invest that money more for perhaps the next generation, you know, for the daughter, if really the money is earmarked for that person. So it it really comes down to what is the purpose of this money and when is this money likely going to be spent, you know, and and how much. Those are really kind of the the starting points to figure out what, you know, what's going to make sense as far as how that money should be invested. Good question, and uh, one that, again, if you have something that comes up like that, it's always best to sit down with a financial professional like Ryan, who's been doing this for over 20 years. You can find him online at KravitzFinancial.com. All right, here's another situation, Ryan. I'm 70 and my daughter is 41, so I was a bit surprised to find out that I'll be a grandmother in a few months. I assumed that ship had already sailed. My question is, what could I be doing to help them financially? Should I start a college fund for the baby or take out a life insurance policy on her when she's born, or what else would you suggest? Well, I think both of those are really good options. I mean, certainly a college fund is is a nice thing to do. Uh, Also, a life insurance policy can be another great way of gifting money to a beneficiary. One nice thing about the life insurance option is this is something that I did not too long ago with one client is there's at least one company, I think more, but at least one company now that has the ability that when – the the my client eventually passes away and instead of the her grandchild receiving that money in a lump sum she had it set up so that the grandchild will receive that money over the course of 30 years and so each year the the grandchild would get a check for $5000 and that would be a way just to kind of remember her grandmother Uh, you know, at least for the course of that next 30 years when she got that check every single year. So there's different ways you can do it. But that's, uh, you know, that's one that uh, I kind of liked and and certainly resonated with my client. Yeah, that's very good. All right. uh, Here's a couple more. Let's go with this one. How much is a reasonable amount to spend on travel in retirement? My wife wants to do a couple of big trips each year. But if we do that, we ended up spending even more money in retirement than we do now while we saw paychecks. So that can't work, can it? 
Well, Ben, this is my old favorite answer. It depends, right? <laughs> and, and, and the reason that I say that is because in designing a retirement income plan, I believe you have to start with figuring out what, what are your needs first, right? How much do you need in order to live on a monthly basis? So we're talking for food, housing, right? All the basic living expenses. And then we got to design in there the, the wants, the extra things that we're going to want to in order to have the retirement lifestyle that we really want to have. So I'll give you an example. I was recently working with a couple. We identified the needs. We put that in there. And then also for the first 10 years of their retirement, they wanted to go on you know, an annual trip. And it was going to be a pretty nice sum of money, but they wanted to go on a real nice vacation every single year. And so we identified that, we isolated that, and then we took a look at the overall plan to make sure that uh, based on those, you know, the current projections and everything else, that they would be okay. And so that's the thing. Start with the needs, and then if there is the ability to get those wants, absolutely do it. Because as we all know, we, we can't take it with us. It's true. We cannot take it with us. All right, uh, let's go with one more here for you, Ryan. I have a lot of major life changes occurring in the next six months that I think will affect how I should be invested. Should I just park my money in cash until life settles down and I know what my future looks like? That's probably a good one. I'm sure you might get this one a lot with the volatility of the market. Just is it better to stay in cash? This is a tough one, but I I would say the best way that I could answer this is because I don't know you know, what, what's going on in, in life right now and, and when that may change. I mean, you, you, I know uh, they did say maybe within six months, something like that. But, you know, are we talking about money that's, you know, that's in a retirement account and you're under 59 and a half and really, I mean, that money's still going to be long-term money and really you don't need that? Or are we talking about money that might be invested outside of a retirement account and, you know, then how much are you going to need and, and when, you know, it, if you if you know, for instance, you're going to need a lump sum of money, you know, a large lump sum of money soon, like within maybe six months, you know, then it can make a lot of sense to say, OK, let me uh, get this money out of the market and go ahead and put this money over here in cash because I'm going to need this money very, very soon, because at that point you you just can't take the risk of a of a big market uh, pullback. But if this is, you know, longer term money, you know, that's a different situation. Yeah, that's a, I know that is the easy answer, Ryan, but it's the, the truthful one, right? Everybody's situation is going to be different. There's a lot more, a lot more details that need to be uh, figured out and determined uh, before you can actually give a, a thorough answer. So again, if you ever have questions, it's best to sit down and go through all your situation and, and really look at all the options. And you can always start by giving Ryan a call, 714-462-9155 or online at kravitzfinancial.com. All right, Ryan, good show. We kind of bounced around to a lot of different topics. Uh, Ultimately, though, if anybody has questions about the Roth and whether or not it's the best uh, investment tool for them to help save for retirement, I always encourage you to follow up. But some good insight, Ryan. And again, we'll throw that in the show notes for anybody that wants to read it. We appreciate your time, Ryan. As always, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions and BCM are independent of each other.